This morning, we are going to be reading the story of the first Easter morning from Luke 24. But before we open the Word of God, let's again go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Lord and our God, we are grateful this morning that you have welcomed us into your presence. We are grateful that you encourage and receive our our gifts, our praises, our prayers. And we ask now that you again in your grace give us the great gift of your word. Lord, we ask that through your inspired scripture that you speak to us. Lord, we ask that you speak to all of us as we hear what you have, what you have said to us from, from thousands of years ago. And Lord, we pray that through your spirit you work in each and every one of us so that we hear what you have to say to each of us this morning. Lord, draw us closer to you, we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to read Luke 24 from verse 1 to verse 12 this morning. The words will be on the screen. You're also welcome to grab the Bible from the bench in front of you and follow along or pull up the Bible if you brought your own or have it on your phone. Again, we're going to read Luke 24 from verse 1 to verse 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. We're going to start this morning by talking about confusion and, and fear. And I, want to have a, I have a story I want to share with you to, to get us in the right emotional frame of mind. So I heard this story from Don, who was an old hunter and fisherman, and he may have exaggerated a bit, but we'll take it at face value. So Don and a bunch of his friends went up to Canada, and they boated into this rather remote place, and they were fishing, and they were hunting, and they were having a wonderful time, a group of friends who did this year after year. And they were all practical jokers. So every trip, they brought along some different things, and everyone was always trying to pull one over on everybody else. And and the night before this story, Don had actually gotten up in the middle of the night and gone around and, and tried to make some noise to get other people worried that there might be a bear around, because this was a bear area. So the next morning, they're having breakfast, and they've cooked it up, and Don is sitting there eating, and he's got his back to the forest, he's facing the lake, and all of a sudden, everybody else freezes, keeps eating, and then they all jump up and they run to the boat. Don thinks, well, what kind of joke are they playing now, and keeps eating, and they start whispering in that sort of shouted whisper, Don, get 
get in the boat. Like, nope, not going to buy the joke. Don, there's a bear. Nope, not going to buy the joke. And they keep shouting in whispers. And they're trying to start the boat's motor without making any noise. And all of this is impossible, right? And he starts to think, they might be serious. But they might just be joking, and I'm not going to fall for the joke. So he takes another bite, takes another bite, glances over a little bit, doesn't see the bear, and they were freaking out. Now, Don, get in the boat, or we're going to leave you. So finally, he peeks behind him, and congregation, there is a bear there. And bears eat people. And he's about from the choir to me. So Don looks. And then about three-tenths of a second later, he's jumping into the boat. One of the guys has got him by the belts, yanking him in, and they start the motor, and they back out. And the bear eats all their breakfast while they sit 30 feet out, and they all yell at him, Why didn't you move? There was a bear! There was a bear. Well, we, when we, when we read the Easter story... You know, there's a temptation that, that we come and we sing and we hear a nice story and, and that's it. And we get on with life. But this story is intended to shake us up. This story is intended to be something that we have to react to. We can choose to ignore it, but it's there and it's real. And as we, as we read this story, there's another danger that, that we read it with a certain amount of emotional flatness and distance. And, and what we should hear this as is these women and these people in this story experiencing emotions that are at the absolute range of what we experience over the course of our whole lives. This is a story that is, is an emotional peak. There's confusion and perplexity. There is fear and terror here. So these women have been following Jesus for years now, and, and they had all their hopes pinned on him. He was going to be the great Savior. And then on Good Friday, he dies, and the story's over. And yet these women come to the tomb to, to pay their last respects in some sense, to, to show that they respect this one who they thought was going to be so great and now is gone. And they find that he's gone in a different sense than they thought. The body isn't there. And so they're confused. They're at a loss. They wonder, what, what does this mean? What's, what's going on here? Is this another Jewish plot? Is this another, another Roman attempt to shame us? What is going on here? And then these two men, these two angels appear, and, and they appear with clothes like lightning, which sounds like special effects to us. But imagine if you actually walked into somebody who who was like an enduring lightning flash right in front of you. Be worse than seeing a bear six feet away. You would, you would feel unmade. They go from having this sense of emptiness and wonder to have this sense that, that reality is pushing in on them and this is more than what they bargained for and they're not quite sure what to do. Well, I want to invite you to, to step into that moment also with all of your life experience. Perhaps you are bewildered by the Lord. I've had these times in my life, I would guess you have. I, I have this conversation with people in hospitals or, or people around a gravesite all the time. We just don't get it. We just don't understand. We thought this was the plan, but now we're just confused and disappointed and, and we wonder what God is up to.
Or maybe you're at a point in your life, and not all of us, but I think many of us have had this experience when we feel that, that somehow God is acting in a way that, that pins us in, that, that squishes us down, that we don't quite get, and we know there's, there's this incredible power going on, but we're not quite sure how it relates to us, and we just, we just don't quite know what's going to happen. We feel like God is doing something, but, but it's more than we can handle right now. Let's bring those experiences to this story. And let's talk about the living word. These two men, these angels appear and and they speak the living word of God. And they frighten the woman, but then they begin to speak. And they begin to speak not not with anger, not with rebuke, but with a certain gentleness. And they begin by saying, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? And the way they, they say that is not, is not the usual just kind of generic living, but it's more like, why do you look for the living one among the dead? Everything is different. Why are you looking for the Lord of life here in this tomb? And then the angels review, Did, didn't you remember, don't you remember, didn't you hear what Jesus said, that, that it was a must, it was a necessity, and not any kind of external or human necessity, but, but a divine necessity according to God's plan that Jesus would be handed over to the earthly authorities and be rejected culturally and socially and religiously and politically, and, and he would be crucified, he would die pretty much the worst possible death. Didn't you remember all of that was a must, as Jesus told you, and... And that he would be raised again into life. Why are, you, why are you looking for the living one among the dead? And at some point when the angels speak, as they remind these followers of Jesus who have, who have come to Easter morning in the empty tomb, the light comes on. The lightning of their clothes and their faces illuminates the woman and they understand that Jesus has risen, that everything is different now. Everything is different because he's, he's not gone anymore. He's here. Now, a few years ago, Al and Pat Tobin, our church custodians, members for a long time, they, they were having kind of, a, kind of a down Thanksgiving week. If you know Pat, you know she is really alive when all the kids are home. And, and this was going to be a Thanksgiving where the kids weren't really going to be around. And they were, they were just having kind of a down Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. And then at about 9, 9.30 at night, the doorbell rang and Al walked over to open it. And there was this big shadow outside the door. The kind of thing that makes you think, maybe I shouldn't open that door because whoever's out there is, is big and they want something. So that's Al and Pat's side of the story. Now let's talk about Ben's side of the story. Some of you know where I'm going. Well, Ben is Alan Pat's son, and he's in the Marines, and every time I see him, he has more muscles. He's getting bigger and bigger all the time. And a while before, Pat had been talking to Ben and said how sad she was that the kids weren't going to be home, and it was going to be kind of a down Thanksgiving. So Ben hung up, and he bought a ticket to come, but didn't tell Alan Pat. So we got a ride from the airport, and he showed up at the house, and he walked up to the front door, and rang the doorbell and just stood there and waited for his parents to open the door. And Al opens the door and, it's Ben! He's back! He's home! Oh, the rejoicing. Everything is different now because Ben is home. 
Maybe you've had a moment like that in your life when finally, finally, finally someone was back. Or finally you had that, that relational connection that you wanted. Or, or finally it, it just came together. That is what happens for these women on Easter. They don't literally see Jesus, but all of a sudden they recognize that he has really risen and everything is different. If you believe in Jesus, this is a morning for you to have that moment of, he is here. He has risen and he has risen indeed. And we gather and we rehearse and we remind ourselves and we remember this every week, but, but on this day especially, remember and experience that our risen Lord and Savior is truly risen and everything is different. This is not just a nice story that we gather to tell each other. This is not a metaphor. This is not just a guide for life or a parable. This is bedrock reality. Jesus is here. And so be encouraged and rejoice and celebrate. The word of the Lord that the angels bring changes everything for these women. And it's been changing everything for the whole world ever since. So that's, that's kind of the first story that we read today, but there's, there's another story, and, and let's talk amongst ourselves for a moment before we get to that other story, because I'm going to guess that some of you are here, and you've heard all of what I've just said, and, and honestly, your response is, eh, whatever. Why should I believe that? Why does it matter? And maybe it's, maybe it's your own experience or maybe it's something empirical or evidential or whatever. There's something that makes you say, ah, whatever about the Jesus stuff. Okay, that's fair. This is, this is something that if it's true, changes everything. And if it's false, it's totally meaningless. So we have to deal with it one way or another. And if you're here this morning and, and you're more in the disbelief end of things, then, then I'm glad you're here. You know, even if you're saying, ah, I think it's all nonsense, I'm glad you're here. And you too are in this story. You are in this story. See, the woman, they represent all of us who believe in Jesus and who are all in and who are, who are excited. And yes, Jesus is risen. But then there's this second story of the disciples, and the disciples, and I think Luke tells the story this way, because the disciples disbelieve. They think this is all utter nonsense. So, so the women come running back from the tomb, and they find the 11 disciples who are Jesus' closest followers, and they say, hey, guess what? The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. It's amazing. And the disciples are like, whatever. It's over. It's done. It's not real. And the woman keeps saying, no, no, he's risen, he's risen, it's real, just look. And the disciples say, ah, whatever. And Luke, who wrote this gospel story, he was a doctor, and he actually uses a medical term there that, that the NIV translates as nonsense, and it's actually a technical medical term for how people speak when they're literally delirious, when they have a high fever and they're not making any sense. You know, that kind of thing when someone says, hey, remember to put the dog in the attic and change the oil on the sailboat, and why is the Easter bunny riding a pink unicorn? That's, that's what the disciples think of what the women are telling them. This is nonsense. But Peter, Peter thinks it's nonsense. He thinks it's idle talk. He thinks it's ravings, but he still goes to sea. 
He still goes to see. And so for those of us here who struggle to believe, and, and some of us are there all the time, and some of us maybe are just there sometimes, but, but it can be a real struggle to believe. I mean, really? You want me to believe that death can work backwards? Really, you want me to believe that some guy who died and supposedly rose again 2,000 years makes any difference for my life today? Well, yes, that's what I want you to believe. And I want to invite you to come and to see and to at least wonder. To at least wonder. So Peter comes, and he goes to the tomb, and he sees the, the linen wrappings, the grave clothes that are there and empty, and there's no body, and, and now he has to do something with this. And the text tells us that Peter goes on his way wondering and marveling. Wondering and marveling. And now I want to invite you to think about something in this story. Where does Jesus show up in this story? Luke tells us the story of Easter morning so far. And the women come to the tomb and Jesus isn't there. And the angels talk about Jesus, but Jesus isn't there. And the women go and talk to the disciples, and Jesus isn't there. And Peter goes to the tomb and sees the empty tomb, but Jesus isn't there. Jesus himself does not appear in this story yet. Now, he does very soon, and next week we'll pick up the next story in the Gospel of Luke, and, and Jesus shows up, and then he keeps showing up. But, but here, at the very beginning of Easter Sunday... These people do not have Jesus himself yet. What they have is exactly what we have. We have a proclamation given to us by the Lord, by the Lord's messengers, that Jesus has risen. And did you not hear, do you not hear, do you not remember that it was necessary that God's plan was that Jesus would be handed over to us and that we in our humanity would kill him and that he in his divinity and humanity would take on our sins and would rise again to give us life. Do you not remember? Have you not heard? And I think Luke tells this story. I have sometimes struggled with why Luke tells the story this way. And I think he tells the story this way so that we can see ourselves in this story. So that in our moments of disbelief and wonder, we can say, we belong here too. And it's okay to, to wonder, but ultimately we should hear the word of the Lord and we should celebrate that Christ is the living one and he is here. So I want to invite you this morning, regardless of where you're coming from, to recognize, to recognize that Jesus is alive, to recognize that he is here. And maybe you've, been, maybe you've been ignoring Jesus and just sort of putting it in the background and, and people have talked to you about him and said, ah, nah, nah, nah. Today is an invitation for you to recognize that Jesus is truly here for you. Today is an invitation for you to hear the word of the Lord proclaim that Jesus is the living one. And if you come to him, everything is different. And if you belong to Jesus, if you believe in him, if you are here this morning to celebrate, then this again is a reminder to, to remember and to rejoice, to give thanks that Jesus truly has risen and he is truly with us even now. Whether you come today as the confused and afraid, whether you come today as the curious and wondering, or, or whether you come today as the fully committed and celebratory, come to the Lord Jesus. 
follow the gospel. Follow the woman. Follow Peter to the empty tomb and hear the angels proclaim to us the living one. The living one, Jesus Christ, has been raised again. Jesus died for us. Jesus rose for us. And he gives us life. Let's pray. Father, life is so often so confusing, so frightening, so unclear. Lord, we thank you for your grace in sending Jesus. We thank you for your grace in his work, giving his life for us. And Lord, we pray that today you would meet each of us where we are. We pray that you would help us to really hear and receive the good news that Jesus Christ is risen indeed. Lord, if you are already in our lives, then we ask that you would draw us closer to you and use today as a a reminder of our ability and need to rejoice. And Lord, if our hearts and minds have been closed to you, then we pray that even today you would open the door and show us the truth and the power of Christ's resurrection. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.